0: On Tuesday night, I'm not sure if you noticed or if you looked up into the sky, but there was no moon. It was a new month. And as a rabbi, we look up in the sky a lot during the summers, counting the moons down and noticing when Rosh Chodesh comes. And this was not any Rosh Chodesh on Tuesday, it was Rosh Chodesh Elul, the final month before Rosh Hashanah. And it seems to be the same every single year. As soon as the cold, dreary darkness of summer, of San Francisco begins to lift and today we saw a little sun. We reach Elul, school begins, people return from holiday, The synagogue begins to gear up. And it's always an interesting time, an introspective time. And normally, it's almost a ritual at this point that I stand up here and I try to find Terry Krause, which is right there. And I tell her that we only have 26 days left. And she always looks very stressed. And so, we'll see you again next year, Terry. So we're four days into Lulul and we have 26 days to go. We have one main activity that we do during Elul, and that is to go and to repair our relationships. It's a time to reflect on the year ahead and to think about what parts of our lives are broken and need to be fixed. What relationships have fissures in them and need to be unified. Earlier this week, I was lucky enough to learn with Rabbi Avi Weiss, a modern Orthodox rabbi who is the founder of Yeshivat's Chovah Torah. Rabbi Weiss, he raises a question about a verse found in the Talmud, that if we look in Rosh Hashanah 10b, it's written, Rabbi Eliezer said on Rosh Hashanah, Joseph was freed from prison. Now, according to the Talmud, On Rosh Hashanah, Joseph is released and then begins to work for Pharaoh. And he asks, why is this so significant? What's the significance of any day to be released from prison for Joseph? Why Rosh Hashanah? The book of Genesis, Bereshit, the entire book is about fractured families. Isaac becomes the second patriarch not to Ishmael, the firstborn. It's Jacob who becomes the patriarch, not Esau. And that's just the way it is. Same with the matriarchs. One is in and the other is out. But with the release of Joseph, we come full circle. We see where fragmented families become unified. When Jacob dies, his brothers are very afraid, They're afraid that Joseph, he was only nice to them because their father was alive. Now Rabbi David Silver, he argues that Joseph and his brothers, they never actually came together. They never actually made peace. And the release of Joseph from jail is the beginning of the unification of his family. And while Joseph may have never actually completed peace with his brothers, it's the beginning of the foundation of the work of not only what he can do to make peace with his brothers in this generation, but ultimately laying the groundwork where real unification can happen in the next generation. And while Joseph is not able to make peace, maybe his children can. Maybe Ephraim and Manasseh can finally make peace with their family. And so the real question that we have to ask is, can the leader of Ephraim and Manasseh get along with Judah? And while much of the book of Genesis is about these fractured families, Bereshit begins the process of unity. Bereshit, it ends with Ephraim finally getting along with Judah. And then the Torah ends with Joshua leading the people into Israel. And Joshua comes from Ephraim's tribe. Finally, at the very end of the Torah, we are one people again. And the interesting thing is, there is no tribe of Joseph. You only can be a tribe in the Torah if you make peace. There is a tribe of Manasseh, and there is a tribe of Ephraim. But there is no tribe of Joseph. Part of this season that we're in is us finishing the Torah and then going back to Bereshit. These are the high holy days because we go from Rosh Hashanah to Yom Kippur to Sukkot to Simcha Torah where we start the Torah again as Joshua leads the entire tribe into Israel. We are nearing the end of the journey of the Torah, waiting to see our people unified. And it's a reminder to us during this time of year, as we look at our own lives and we reflect on the huge journey that we have been through in this past year. And we see the divisions in our own lives and in our relationships and that it's not the very first time that rifts and broken relationships have occurred. Rather, what I would argue is that one of the fundamental points of the Torah is trying to teach us this time of year is that no matter how broken and how shattered our relationships may seem, we actually come from an ancient lineage that have taken those broken pieces Carry them with us, and have moved forward in laying the foundation for peace and unity in our lives, and in the lives of those that will live after us. We're a people that come from many generations that have taken failures and destructions that have occurred to us, and we've learned from them, and through determination, moved forward and built a second generation that has succeeded and prospered. Rosh Hashanah, which we're 26 days away from, is about the second creation. It's not about the first creation. Rabbi Eliezer in the Talmud, he points out that the day that Noah actually steps out of his ark and sees that there's dry land is Rosh Hashanah. The day of Rosh Hashanah, Noah is looking at a world that has been destroyed and then needs to be rebuilt. And even if we think back to Moses at Sinai, Moses, he shatters the very first set of tablets that he's given because of the people of Israel's behavior. And according to our rabbis, the first set of shattered tablets that he's given are held in the same ark that the whole set of second tablets that we carry along. In order to carry the second set of tablets, we had to carry the broken tablets with us. There's an old Hasidic story that once a rabbi had a student in his yeshiva, and the student did not behave at all. He was always causing problems with the other students, being mean. And finally, the rabbi said to him, look, every single time that you're mean to somebody, I want you to take this bag of nails and go to the very front of the yeshiva on the fence and hammer a nail into the fence. The kid thinks, ugh, fine, I'll do it. That first day, hammers in 10 nails, the next day, 12. But a week later, he's down to five nails a day, and within three weeks, he didn't hammer any nails in. And he goes to the rabbi, he's very proud of himself, and he goes, I didn't hammer any nails. Rabbi goes, good. Now, what I want you to do is go and apologize to every single person that you hurt, and each time you apologize, you can take one of the nails out. So he goes, and he apologizes, and he pulls all the nails out, and he looks at the fence and the fence is covered in holes. And the rabbi explains to him that through tshuva you can remove the nails but you always leave holes. The wood will never be the same. You always leave a scar. Our job during Elul, is not to forget how we were treated or how we acted, but to take the brokenness in our lives and to repair. Elie Wiesel, he was once asked by an interviewer, why did he seem to live in the past? And Elie Wiesel, he replied by saying, I don't live in the past, but what can I do? The past lives in me. The past, it lives in all of us. It's what we breathe. The shattered pieces of our past, our broken and our damaged relationships, our failures are part of our lives. It's our job to take these shattered pieces of our relationships and then to use them to rebuild. And rebuilding, it does not mean replicating what we've already done. Rebuilding means to learn from the brokenness and the darkness and to rebuild something sustainable. But what do we do with the darkness and the pain that comes first? When our relationships have reached such a dark point that we may wonder how do we rekindle that flame? In Judaism, when we're faced with darkness, our reaction is not to avoid the pain and the fear our reaction isn't even just to hold on to the pain and the fear, but rather what our response is, is to use the pain, to use the fear, and then to make change and to bring light into darkness. One of the very first stories in the Torah is of Adam, Adam and Eve. And the Midrash goes that as Adam sat In the darkness, on the very first night, he had never seen darkness before. And he was scared to death. And so he picked up two stones, and he rubbed them together to make light. And the rabbis comment that the name of these two stones were death and darkness. Adam, when he was faced with fear, he uses what caused his fear. Darkness and death to create life. It can be terribly frightening to think about confronting our family members, or our partners, or our friends, and to begin rebuilding those relationships. But if we look at the arc of the Torah, that's the theme. Families and relationships, they fracture, it's not new. And through honest and serious work, they are reunified. That is what our job is during Elul. And as the moon grows, and we're able to see each other's face in the night, we rub together our conflicts, so that the next time that there is no moon, when we reach Erev Rosh Hashanah and the sky is pitch black again, The light will not be coming from above, but be coming from our relationships, our relationships reunified. May this final 26 days be filled with us entering into that conflict and making light. Shana Tovah.